Open your Bibles again to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want us to look at these verses again. Verse number 5 is my text verse. And I'm preaching tonight on this subject. The best way to learn faith. The best way to learn faith. Paul said in verse number 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Heavenly Father, I ask that you bless the preaching of your word tonight. As we look back over history, we realize what has been accomplished through one sermon. Lives have been changed. Behaviors of Christians have been changed. Victories have been won because of hearing one truth. And I pray tonight that every person would decide right now that they're going to give their attention to you as, Lord, this truth is delivered to our hearts and to our minds. I pray that there would be no distractions this evening. And I pray that we would have the character to listen. Lord, the respect for others not to be distractful in any way. And then, Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would work and demonstrate your power through the preaching of your word tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Paul basically tells us in these verses that there are two ways to learn about faith. Paul tells us there's two ways to learn about faith. You can learn about faith through the wisdom of men. And there is no criticism of men's wisdom in this passage of Scripture. Uh, You can learn about faith in the classroom. You can learn about faith in the Sunday school class. You can learn, listen to me now, look at me. It makes me think you're listening when you look at me. It, uh, uh, it, uh, you can learn about faith in a sermon, but Paul says there's a better way to learn faith and learn through what men have learned about faith in the Bible. And he said the better way to learn is through a demonstration of the power of God. I want you to notice it again as we look at these verses and see two ways compared We see two ways in contrast of one another. And then tonight, preaching on the subject, the best way to learn faith. Verse number one, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with the uh, enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Now he tells us why. He wants us to learn faith by faith being demonstrated in power rather than displayed in simple truth or in an academic manner. He said, because that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. There are too many folks that are discouraged to the place of defeat 
because of men who fail them. There's some kind of a beeping going on, isn't there? Emergency. What kind of emergency is it? Oh, we're going to have a flood. All right. Everybody knows now what the emergency is. We're going to have a flood. We'll tend to that after church. All right. Yeah, right. Is it still beeping? I thought my hearing aid was no. You can't keep your phone from doing that, can you? All right. All right. Everybody knows it now. There's an emergency. One sinner's walking the aisle now because of the flood that's coming. There's two. All right. Has that been going on for a while? Well, you've, you've done well. In fact, I did well to keep my attention. I thought my hearing aids were making a noise. Is all that off now? There are two ways to learn faith. I'm not going to start all over. <laughs> One is to learn academically by just what the Bible says of the wisdom of men. I've heard some great sermons on faith, and I like those. But Paul said, when I came to you, I didn't come with the wisdom of men. I came to you in the demonstration of power because he said, I don't want your faith to stand in how smart Paul is about faith in God. I don't want your faith to stand on the ability or the understanding of Paul's knowledge about faith. I want you to see a demonstration and say, I want to experience that faith that Paul had, not just in his teaching, but in his demonstration. That's the way I learned faith in God. Now, I knew what the scriptures were. I learned those at home. I learned those in Sunday school. I learned verses about faith, and those were wonderful. But the way I learned faith, I watched my dad and my mom demonstrate faith in their life. I saw the result of that faith, and I said, that's what I want. That's what I want. I want not just a head knowledge. I want a demonstration of that faith in my life. I saw my parents live it. I saw them make sacrifice. I saw them leave their home and their work to give themselves completely to the will of God and to the work of God. I saw my aunt and uncle, Brother Baker and his wife, they too left their jobs and they came to help my dad plant a church in 1972 and he got a job and worked as a layman and they supported the work of the church and pastor and layman together both demonstrating faith and I saw the result of that faith. I saw the Sunday schools grow. I saw the churches grow. I saw people get saved week after week and year after year and when I saw it demonstrated I said that's what I want. Now the best way to learn faith, I can give you verses about faith and I will give you verses about faith, but the best way for you to learn faith is to learn it by a demonstration of that faith. Have you ever seen a fancy looking gadget and you look at it and you say, boy, that's, that's nice, that's really, that's really sharp, I like that. What is it? Or, what does it do? Or, how does it work? A lot of folks know about faith. They can spell it. They can define it. 
They can describe it. They can quote verses about it, but they've never demonstrated that faith in their life. Paul said, I want you to see a demonstration of faith so that your faith does not stand in my knowledge of faith, but in the experience and the demonstration of faith. Now, I learned about the descriptions of faith in the classroom. I learned from Hebrews chapter 11 illustrations and descriptions. I learned of the examples of faith in the Word of God. I learned of the challenges of faith from the Word of God. I learned the many Bible verses about faith, and those are important. And yet, that was more, uh, 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 what I wanted was more than academic. I wanted to see, and I'm glad I saw a demonstration of the power of God. I desired to live by faith, not by what I had learned in the classroom. I desired to live by faith because what I'd seen demonstrated in life. There are two things I want to accomplish tonight. First of all, I want to challenge you to look and see the demonstrations of faith around you. I want you to see folks that are living by faith. Now, faith is not poverty. Some folks have thought that uh, if I live by faith, I have to live in abject poverty. Uh, Abraham was one of the greatest men of faith, and yet Abraham was a man of wealth. Uh, uh, Wealth and poverty has nothing to do with faith. Faith is taking what you have and letting God have it or recognizing that God already has it and let Him have control of that whether you be rich or uh, poor. Uh, But I want you tonight to see there's some of you children that are living in a home that mom and dad has decided to live by faith and you need to pay attention to the demonstrations of that faith. Now the reason I say that tonight, many of the children of Israel, they saw the Red Sea parted, they saw the manna fall, they saw the water come from the rock, and yet they didn't pay attention to what God was doing before their very eyes, and though they saw a demonstration of faith, they never wanted or hungered for that faith. I want to tell you tonight, there's a demonstration of faith going on before your very eyes tonight, in your home, in our church, and what God is doing in this place. The first thing I want us to do is to call our attention to those demonstrations of faith. The second thing I want you, I want to do, I want to challenge you to be a, uh, be a demonstration of faith in God. I want to challenge you to be a demonstration for others to see. Now there are three parts of the message tonight. First of all, there must be demonstration of the prayers of faith. The prayers of faith. There are too many folks just accepting what's going to happen anyway. We need a generation of folks to get a hold of God and realize how big God is, how great God is. I'm overwhelmed just studying about the power and the ability of angels, just one of God's creation as we studied. I'm overwhelmed at what God can do with just one angel. But I don't have an angel for God. I have the God of the angels. That's my God. He has no limit. He has no, uh, he has no limit to his power. He has no limit to anything. I don't want to go through life just seeing what's going to happen. I want to learn to claim the promises of God by faith and prayer. I think of Elijah, a man that prayed and it rained not. Now that's not just in the scripture for you and I to have an understanding or a knowledge of that story. That's a challenge. 
In James chapter 5, he tells us that if he prayed and he being a man subject to like passions as we are, he's challenging us to pray. I'm saying tonight you ought to recognize those that have demonstrated the power of faith and prayer and say, that's what I want. And you in turn ought to have some demonstrations of answered prayers in your life so that your children and those around you can see and say, that's the kind of faith I want. I remember reading the story of George Mueller. And I've read it many times since I read it the first time as a teenager. I was overwhelmed at a man that would pray so boldly. A man that would, listen to me now, a man that would pray so, so, so matter-of-factly, just, just, just reason with God, just, just tell God. As he, as he began to pray about the uh, orphanage and the need for the orphanage, he said, Lord, I'm already busy. And you know my schedule. I don't think I have time to operate an orphanage. However, Lord, if you want me to direct an orphanage, there are five things that I need you to answer in prayer for me to have an orphanage for children. I don't remember all of those, but some of those were. Give me a director. Give me somebody. Speak to the heart and give me somebody that will help to oversee the orphanage. Second of all, he prayed for so much money. And I forget how many pounds it was, uh, but he prayed for so much money. And then he prayed for a piece of property. Uh, Lord, I'll need a building. And he prayed for five specific things. Another was the curriculum uh, that he needed, uh, uh, the curriculum that he needed to uh, teach in the orphanage. And he said, no more had I begun to pray those prayers for those five things that God began to answer. Can I say tonight, why in the world would we be satisfied with less than the will of God when all we have to do is be people of prayer, of faith in God? I don't know about you, but I don't want to live my life uh, enjoying the demonstration of somebody else's prayer. I not only want to enjoy it, I want to be challenged by it and realize the God that blessed them is a God that can bless me that would challenge the next generation to come. I'm glad tonight I have seen demonstrations of prayers of faith. I remember praying, Lord, I do not want my children to read about what you used to do. Lord, I want you to Bless in our generation and say to them, you're not the God of the past generation, you're the God of today. Tell me, what is it in your life that's a result of your prayers? Tell me tonight, what is it that would not be there had you not prayed in faith, believing that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him? I'm saying tonight, it was a demonstration of the power of prayer that, that, that challenged me and caused me to say, I want I want that kind of prayer life and I want that kind of faith. What is it that you're challenging your children with? Every generation must have someone to learn from and someone to demonstrate faith in their generation. Let me give you the second thing. There must be a demonstration of the obedience of faith. The obedience of faith. Now, faith causes us to act or to behave, or to obey in a way where sometimes it does not make sense 
except it is obeying a command and a promise of God. Now, I, I believe in budgets. I believe in living according to principle. I believe that. But I want to tell you something, dear friend. There are times that we have to step out by faith and obedience to do what we can do for God to bless that simple obedience. I've seen it again and again in these 30 years. I'm watching it happen right now. As I've challenged you and I've had some to say, Preacher, how long do you think it's going to take to raise $3.5 million to build that building and finish it inside or outside? I don't know. It may be three years and it may be three hours. I don't know. But I'll tell you this. I know God blesses obedience enough that if I have to take baby steps until He brings me home to glory, I'm not going to stand still and just wait for God to bless my standing still I'm going to obey him I'm going to give my tithe and offering I'm going to give what God gives me the opportunity to give I'm going to have a times of sacrificial giving I'm saying there must be an example there must be a demonstration of the obedience of faith I remember when the price tag on the property at Commonwealth Baptist College was several million dollars and I remember that we had $175,000. And I remember when we offered a million dollars, we didn't have the million dollars to offer. And the, and the response was, is that for a down payment? And I said, no, that's for the whole thing. And he said, well, you're not going to buy it for that. I said, well, write down my name and number. You can call me. He said, I won't need it. I said, oh, you, you'll need it. Just write it down. Now, 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 that was a simple act of obedience. And we gave, we did what we could. I'm saying tonight, we can't sit back and say, well, I'm just waiting for God to send revival. I'm going to go win somebody to Christ and maybe he'll bless that. I'm going to go tell somebody that I've won to Christ that you need to get baptized. I'm going to tell folks that have been saved and been baptized, you need to be in church. And I'm going to tell folks that are in church, you need to start reading your Bible on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And I'm going to tell folks that go to church and I'm going to tell folks that are reading their Bible every day. You need to tell somebody about Jesus this week. I'm going to tell folks that have been saved and been baptized and they're reading their Bible every day and they're telling others about Jesus uh, that you need to give your life to the will of God. I'm saying tonight we've got to move forward in obedience. There must be a demonstration of the obedience of God in faith. Church plants across Kentucky and across the nation there by acts and obedience of faith. First of all, there must be a demonstration of the prayer of faith. Uh, second of all, there must be the demonstration of obedience of faith. And number three, there must be a demonstration of the fight of faith. I preached it this morning. You're not going to build without a battle. Our purpose is not to battle. Our purpose is to build. However, when something tries to stop our building, we're going to battle so we can keep on building. As I said this morning, the best way to battle is to keep on building. The best way to overcome the enemy is to keep on building. Have you ever thought of this? We're not going to defeat the enemy. You ever thought of that? We're not going to defeat the enemy. Job overcame him, but he didn't defeat him. We're still fighting him today. 
Uh, Paul overcame the enemy. We're overcomers. Uh, they, they, Nehemiah overcame the enemy. Uh, but those same enemies are in every generation. They're in every church. And that enemy is going to be there until uh, God puts uh, the devil uh, in the, uh, 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 the lake of fire for all eternity. I'm not going to defeat the devil. My purpose is not to defeat the devil. My purpose is to build and do a work for God. Now I'm going to fight. I hope you understood what I said. I, I'm going to fight the devil. He is going to be there. We've got to decide that we're going to have a demonstration of a willingness to fight for our faith. Here's what the Bible says, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. The Apostle Paul's life is described as a fight of faith. Here's what he said. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I saw it in my parents' generation. They had to fight to build. They had to fight to do what God had called them to do. I'm glad they weren't quitters. They just kept on fighting. I've never known anybody to accomplish anything for God that didn't fight for it. Those of you that are uh, wherever you are in your Christian life, whether you're a freshman in Bible college or that difficult year, a junior in Bible college, and you've, you've been going through this day after day and year after year now, and sometimes it seems like all you do is battle. Can I tell you, that's what the will of God is like. You have to keep fighting the fight of faith to keep moving forward. It's not easy to accomplish the will of God. It's not been an easy task just to prepare for the National Youth Conference. Can I tell you, the devil's been visible from the outside. He's been visible from the inside. And if we ever think that we're going to have anything for God, whether it be a building program or a youth conference or a church conference or plan a church without the devil fighting, uh, friend, uh, we're mistaken because the devil always fights the work of God. But there must be a demonstration. I remember hearing Brother Roloff preach. I do think maybe he liked to fight a little more than build. I remember Brother Howell saying, he said, I want to be in the Guinness Book of World Records. He wants to be in the Fox's Book of Martyrs. I think I agree with Brother Howell. I think I'd rather be in the Guinness Book of World Records than in the Fox's Book of Martyrs. What a fighter he was. He encouraged my faith. It wasn't just what he read. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not lowering the importance of teaching. But what I am doing, I'm elevating the fact that he got a hold of that truth and he demonstrated that truth before me and I understood it and I saw it and I hungered for it and I desired it, not just when I heard him say it, but when I saw him fight for the faith. In those days, in the 70s, they were fighting against Brother Roloff trying to get him to take a license. He was helping young people whose lives were messed up and ruined by drugs and alcohol. He was helping them by the hundreds. 
My dad preached in the homes and my brothers and I went with mom and dad and all those homes as he preached. We sang and, and, and dad preached. And I mean just place after place of hundreds of those. They tried to close him down. They said, you'll either take a license and do it like we say it or you'll close. He said, nope, I already have my license, already have my call. He said, if you don't like it, he said, uh, you can put me in jail. And he would sing, run if you want to, run if you will. But I came here to stay. When I fall down, I'm going to get right up because I didn't start out to play. It's a battlefield, brother, not a recreation room. It's a fight, he said, and not a game. Run if you want to, run if you will, but I came here to stay. I heard that as a teenage boy, and I said, that's what I want right there. You can have that dead theological faith that you talk about and you analyze and you exegete in the classroom. Give me a faith that I can take to the street. Give me a faith that I can fight against somebody. Give me a faith that says I will accomplish the will of God. They came, they put him in jail. He still didn't quit. And he kept on going. I saw a demonstration of a fighter. Now, who's our children going to see? We're going to just roll over and play dead like this possum over here I saw in Clay's Mill Extended yesterday, and I said, he ain't playing possum, he's dead. <laughs> that old boy, boy, played possum one time too many. A dually got him when he thought he could get away. Who's going to be the example of faith? Who's going to be the example of prayer? Who's going to be the example of fighting for what is right and of fighting for what is good? Who's going to be that example in our generation? It was a demonstration of it. Four things and I'm finished. It takes faith, it takes faith to please God. Hebrews 11.8 But without faith, it's impossible. Takes faith to please God. Number two, faith grows by hearing of the Word of God. Faith grows by the hearing of the Word of God. Number three, faith is a command of God. Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. Number four, nothing is impossible with God, and faith connects man with God. The best way to learn faith is to see a demonstration of it. The best way to learn faith, the best way to teach faith is to show a demonstration of it. What are you going to do when the problems come? You're going to stand? You're going to stand in the Word of God? You're going to stand with truth? You're going to quit? You're going to run? Your children are watching. Another generation is watching. Paul said, I'll read it and I'm finished. In my speech... My preaching was not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Stand with me, if you will. James talked about a generation of Christians who had a dead faith. All they had faith, but had no works, had no demonstration. It was dead. I don't want to have enough faith just to get me to heaven. 
I want to have faith that convinces another generation. I think it's best to live my life by faith in God. Heavenly Father, help us tonight to make a decision again to live by faith. That demonstration of Abraham taking Isaac to Mount Moriah. That demonstration of faith. Oh Lord, that demonstration of those Hebrew children going to the fiery furnace. That demonstration of David standing before Goliath. God, help us not just to know it in our heads, not just to believe it in our hearts, but to live it with our lives. Bless our invitation tonight, I pray in Jesus' name.